Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch. This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. I'm Sarah. Here at Yowie Central, we explore the latest on Yowie research in Australia. We hear Yowie witness testimonies and talk to the seriously dedicated researchers out there. And because I've always been enthralled with all sorts of mysterious phenomena, we slip down rabbit holes galore. Paranormal encounters, UFOs and alien abductions, cryptid creatures, orbs, psychics and anything else kooky and spooky. A few weeks ago in episode 101, I featured a sighting in the Northern Territory of a very strange, tall, lean, bipedal, hairless being with a cat-shaped head. I know, weird, right? I mentioned the fact that people seem to be seeing very strange cryptid creatures, including the creature we call Dog Man, so a bipedal creature with, like a yowie, but with the head of a dog, Goat Man, so a, a creature that looks half man, half goat. And I questioned why this might be happening and why it appears that this is happening more frequently, not just in Australia, but around the world. Wes Germer also mentioned it in one of his latest Sasquatch Chronicles episode. So is it because people are paying more attention to mysterious phenomena or is it because the veil between our third dimension and other higher and lower dimensions is thinning at the moment? Or is it that the internet makes it easier for people to hear about these creatures and come forward with their own experiences? Where are these beings actually coming from? Do they live here? Are they here on planet Earth in our 3D dimension all the time? Are they coming from other dimensions? Are they alien beings from extraterrestrial worlds? My special guest today has some ideas about what is happening and why people are encountering so many strange beings of late. Vali of Lavender Sky Panther YouTube channel is my guest today and she had a Sasquatch encounter when she was a child and she has been investigating mysterious phenomena for many years. She has been photographing strange happenings in the sky from her home in the US for the past few years including frequent 
cloaked craft in the sky and she shares her observations on her YouTube channel which you should definitely check out if you're interested in what's going on in the skies. Vali has extensive knowledge of the concept of predictive programming which if you haven't heard of that before it's the theory that the government and higher up powerful wealthy elites are using fictional movies or books as a mass mind control grooming tool in order to make the population more accepting of planned future events and new technologies. People often cite, funnily enough, The Simpsons and Star Wars as containing predictive programming elements, but there are many, many other examples. Vali really wanted to share her knowledge with the Yaoi Central listeners today as she was concerned that people might be remembering and or experiencing strange phenomena and might be feeling bewildered, frightened or alone right now. So today we're going into a little bit of predictive programming. We're going to talk about a spiritual war and how to protect yourself We're going to talk about the astral spider phenomenon that's happening all over the world and we're also going to touch on the concept of inner earth or hollow earth. So here she is, folks. This is Vali of Lavender Sky Panther. So I thought it might be a good idea to bring up the idea of portals uh, since we last talked, and I'm so happy to be back with you, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so glad to, I'm so glad you're back. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, a, a lot has happened since the last time, and yeah. a lot of discovery of what's going on in our world and and far beyond it. But um, I thought it would be good to touch on portals because I have been since that time uh, of our last talk. Really looked around, of course, this is one of those topics with Bigfoot, Yeti, um, you know, Yowie, Sasquatch, you know, once you're in, you're in on this and, and really <laughs> have to know more and more and more, right? So true. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it won't leave you alone uh-huh. until you get some answers, more answers. And I know it's come up a lot everywhere about portals and what's going on with the whole 411 phenomenon, the um, David Pilates and uh, people going missing in national parks and elsewhere. And I came into some uh, incredible insights uh, from somebody else who wants to remain anonymous, um, but some really interesting intel on how they work um, and how they can go very wrong and uh, why it is imperative to stay closer than six feet, wink, wink, to each other in areas that feel off or they suddenly start to if you're on a trail or something. And so I did want to touch on what's really going on, you know, this whole six foot distancing thing, um, you know, kind of a dark agenda there in attempt at, you know, using the negative aspects of the number six itself in numerology. So there's a whole lot going on there to unpack, but getting back to basics. So, um, it's my understanding through these new insights coming in by others, um, that when you're, um, in some of these remote areas, there are portals. Now, some are natural portals that are, you know, occurring in certain areas. Um, others can be made, um, but they're evil entities, and they're more often than not really no Yowie involvement. Um, just again from my source, it would be really kind of an um, unusual situation for, for a Yowie to be involved with that or a Sasquatch. 
So there are other evil entities, and I was told there are like too many to even mention to list. It could also be uh, cults who are working with these evil entities and kind of pointing out to these innocent bystanders hiking by saying, go ahead and take them as a sacrifice and to leave the people in the cult alone, uh, that kind of thing. And so it's my understanding that an evil entity, whether it's working with the government or on its own, uh, you know, whatever any of these numerous, you know, sources of these evil can be, what they can do is just pop in through the portal and they and they grab you. Now, the six feet thing is to keep somebody else away from you so they can't grab onto you to pull you back, you know, to keep you out of that portal. Mm. And so if that happens, the one grabbing, it's my understanding, is that um, they, they, they'll struggle more and have a very hard time pulling the two of you in. And usually that second person, the moment they become aware, it kind of breaks their ability to keep that portal active because that, that portal is relying on their, um, their what do I want to say, their strong suit, like their, their advantage is that the person is unawares. And once they get that conscious awareness to resist back, it's not as easy for them to snatch somebody, okay? And so if they go to try to grab somebody, they can get one if they're unaware, but then that second one's going to start to be onto it, right? And go, ah, you know, and grab the, try to grab the person. Now, the portal apparently can go very wrong. So if the person doing the grabbing, the evil entity is trying to grab somebody and they get like part of a second person or something, it can like mutilate everybody in the process. That's, that's my understanding. Um, and so this whole six foot, you know, stay, you know, farther, you know, six foot or farther is to keep, you know, people separated so they can be easy pickings. Basically, let's just call it what it is. Easy grabs. Right. Um, also that could be tied into something satellite, you know, if we go more in a 3d level, less spiritual, um, warfare uh, type thing, you could have a satellite up above and easily distinguish somebody from another person. Right. If you want to target weaponry, use something on them rather than if there's a group of people standing together closer than six feet. Now, in the numerology, um, you can always use numbers in a positive way or in a very negative way. And I'm going to jump around a little bit, so bear with me. So I want to get back to that portal topic and something else related to it. Um, but for, for numbers, I don't know if you're aware, there's a whole thing called angel numbers for the positive aspects of them. And even as I'm going around town, a lot of people are wondering, why am I seeing 111, 222, you know, 333, mm -hmm. all different kinds of number combinations, right? 1111. And uh, what do those mean? Well, I'm just, I'm not going to get into it too much, but I'm just going to do a, a, a reference drop. And if you look at Joanne uh, Sacred Scribes, it's a blog in, in Australia, Joanne Walmsley. And even if you just do an internet search and just say Joanne Sacred Scribes or Angel Numbers Joanne, usually she pops up. And she has some wonderful messages. It's called uh, Angel Numbers, a Guide to Repeating Number Sequences and Their Meanings, um, Messages and Meanings. And I'm just bringing that up because the number six is in there. So we always look at, you know, ooh, six is negative or 666 or 66. Uh, I was laughing because the show that I appeared on with you, Sarah, was number 66. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't realize that. Number. <laughs> all, <laughs> all I could think of was Star Wars, because uh, I think by now people probably know I'm a big fan. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking, you know, Order 66 and Star Wars, the Clone Wars is, is the order they use to kill all the Jedi. And I'm like, oh, come on. So um, <laughs> anyway, but there's a very positive aspect of 66, which does mean uh, I did look that up. And it's a powerful number of unconditional love, healing faith and trust in the divine and she usually has a very long paragraph supporting all the numbers so i highly recommend that site and actually a lot of people even in the grocery stores like the clerks they have a lot of interest when 
you know, we look at the number, of course, the number is going to come up on the change and it'll be like, you know, 44, 66 or whatever. And their eyes go big. And I'm like, don't worry, there's positive aspects of it. And they're like, really? And I tell them where to look and they're so excited and they write it down. <laughs> um, so that's important to know. Um, so I'm reclaiming our six, six, six is six, six and six. They can't have them anymore. You can use them for good and positive. <laughs> no longer um, the number so back- of the beast. <laughs> exactly. So that's, um, but it, it also can have a positive aspect. So that's what we're going to do. We're not going to let them have the spiritual or energetic power on it anymore. We're going to flip it around and just focus on the positive aspects and ramp that up. But getting back to their use of six, it's, it's kind of, you know, come on. It's so pervasive in, our, in all of the cultures, so you, we know they're using it in a negative way. Now, getting back to the six foot apart, I had to laugh because, you know, as we know, with uh, the supposed virus and quotes going around, that's, you know, just, you know, pretty laughable at this point. I'm just going to say it's my opinion, not your station, obviously. But um, the six feet, if it truly were anything to do with virology, virology, um, can you explain to me why in Germany they have to stand, or at the very beginning of all this nonsense, had to stand 1.50 meters apart, okay? 1.50, when you add that up in numerology, is a six, okay? Yep. However, when you convert it to feet, guess what? Six feet. Those lucky Germans (laughs) and other Europeans, they can stand four foot 11, I'm rounding it off, four foot 11 inches to each other. But in America, we have to stand six feet apart. Doesn't that make sense? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) They can stand a whole foot and an inch closer to someone than the people in America. So obviously we know that has to do with virology, right? No. Uh, Is there something about Germans and Europeans that they can stand closer than Americans? I don't think so. So anyway, I'm just illustrating the point that this is all laughable at a certain level. (laughs) This is totally to do about charging up the power of numbers to be used in a positive or negative um, aspect. In this case, obviously, an, an idiot could see it by now it's a negative use of that number six. Yeah. So I'm going to reclaim it. Anyway, <laughs> all that to say, uh, portals, that's my little intel that came in on that recently. And also, it was kind of like a hot off the press in that just came in like right before recording the show, so I'm going to cover it, even if it's not directly related to the portal topic. Um, that, we, well, we'll get to another item related. Apportation is another favorite theme of mine, but we'll do that in a minute. So other interesting new news that came in is about Yahweh's or Sasquatch and Bigfoot. And I know that um, on on your shows and other shows around that deal with this topic, there's, you know, people that report seeing golden eyes or red eyes, um, some reptilian eyes, and some maybe blue. I'm not going to cover the blue part. But the golden eyes, I got some interesting information coming through uh, from somebody else again. I would love to credit them. They don't want to be. Um, that the, those pertain mostly to just regular Yowies or Bigfoot, so like a standard Yowie if there's such a thing. Um, <laughs> and the red eyes are more the possessed ones or ones working with some kind of evil power. Now, that doesn't mean that they'll kill you, right? Um, they can just be possessed and, and angry and working with some evil power and choose whether they're going to harm you or not, right? So that's my understanding that those are the ones that, uh, that might do more harm. Then um, the ones with reptilian eyes could be a shapeshifter or they could also be some type of hybrid. Uh, And it just depends, you know, again, whether they're quote unquote good or bad, as we've discussed so many times. It just depends, just like people. You can come across good ones and ones that are kind of possessed by some evil um, and do bad things. Um, Then similarly, uh, some new news came in, too, about dogmen and werewolves. So if it's a werewolf, it's typically hostile to human. If it's a dog man, it's kind of a 50-50 to human. Might be okay, might not. And most of the werewolves work with galactics. 
Now, also, I was uh, I got that werewolves usually work solo unless they're like converted or somehow assimilate into a pack, and that dogman uh, works in packs, but over such a large area that there's like a group. To, there might be a group of three to seven of them, but they're so spread out that you might only see one at a time. And I also got that none of the Yowie types work alone. Now, take all of from that what you will. Thought it was just interesting insights, regardless. Yeah. Good so stuff. I wonder what Who's the I wonder what the difference between a werewolf and a dogman is, because that, that they're probably something quite similar, I would have thought. Right. And I think it just depends on who they're working with and yeah. where they're coming from. So, um, you know, if the dogman is, is working with the galactics, I think, you know, maybe they're the more earth-based one and maybe the werewolf is not. Uh, hard to say. That I think the jury's out on that one, and we may not get any more clarity on that anytime real soon. But there's got to be some galactic connection. And, um, yeah, so that's just some kind of new news that dropped in. And that kind of does relate to another item on my list. But I did have a, a topic. I don't know if you want to talk about it. Um, which is one of my latest theories about the starseed ancient lineage and galactic origins mm. of not only the humans, but also the animal kind. And the theory that we're just 3D on Earth, like little mini representations of bigger things, bigger galactic beings. You know, we have evidence of that through Greek mythology, that whole puzzle, like the battle between the giants and the Olymp Olympian gods. Um, there's an incredible freeze in the per Pergamon altar, and it was originally in Turkey, and now it's in Berlin. Um, you know, the gods were huge, right? You know, we, we look at Zeus and all of these other figures in these temples, the Parthenon were just enormous statues. Um, if those were like, you know, real big giants, well, then we've got the smaller version of bi that's Bigfoot, right? And then humans. And then we had these uh, Syrian dogman beings, right, with the dog head and the man body. Um, but then you have werewolf, wolf, domestic dogs, right? We kind of reduce it, translate it down to the 3D mini version. Yeah. Um, the Lyran, the lion cat beings, we've got lions, the big cats, and domestic cats. Avians, we've got really big birds, small birds, everything in between. So my theory is now, you know, we, we all do have some type of galactic origin and we're just slowly coming into that consciousness now, consciousness. And it's like a light switch is, is, is starting to really come on for a lot of people all over the world. When looking at other um, Sasquatch and investigating channels, it's just more and more reports are coming in from people you would never expect, like hunters and outdoorsmen who would never admit that they were just terrified or had an experience. More and more are coming forward and it's almost like like a light switch, you know, like, like my switch went on um, last year and talking to you, like I've, I've got to find out why, why all of a sudden after, you know, being 14 and having this Sasquatch experience, why is it coming up now of all times? You know, it, it could have just stayed buried all this time, but something is saying, no, you're going to look at this. You're going to look at it now. And the same thing is happening to so many people. And I don't know if it's okay to mention other channels, but, um, yeah, of you course. know, looking at, Looking at people like um, I was because, again, I've been really investigating this since you and I last talked, mm -hmm. but looking at channels like um, Sasquatch um, Ontario and his relationship, Mike Patterson's relationship um, with, you know, taking the audio is a kind of what really expanded my mind lately because I've heard all the accounts. I had my own, but I hadn't had the audio, you know, heard any of that. And some of that audio, I'm like, wow, this really puts everything into perspective. And then you hear that there are people and it's an actual language and there's communication going on and it can be very positive. Um, but anyway, all that to say, there's just there's just so many levels of these things going on. But back to like the mini versions, somebody put a comment on one channel like, well, what if these aren't, you know, people call them forest giants and stuff like 
well, what if they're they're just regular size and we're the minis? <laughs> so that's why I'm saying like the, it's somewhere in the galactic lineage. We've got these giant like beings, these ETs, and we're just kind of like translate down to these like little things. We're the pygmies. Um, yeah, we're like the little pygmies. And um, so anyway, yeah, that's that's interesting. And then you know that I I mentioned my theory I think to you before on that uh we you. Now, on your show and other shows, it comes up that, hey, what what's the deal? Why are these Bigfoot herding dogs? Why don't they like them? You know, what's going yes. on? And um, I had two theories. I'm working with two theories on that. One, you know, maybe they just can't stand the sound and frequency that dogs make when they yap or are barking loud. You know, we look at it's the size of the yowie and the sensitivity on a yowie must be insane, like off off the charts, like what they can smell and hear and, 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 and all of that. And so maybe they're just really bothering them. And I made the analogy. There's some. Um, I, I read this somewhere. I don't know if it's true because I haven't gone and tested it out. But supposedly, with a mountain lion or you know um, a cougar, panther, whatever you want to call it, depending on where it is in the world, um, supposedly this is a big supposedly they will run up a tree to get the heck away from a poodle when it yaps. So apparently that sound really drives it crazy. So <laughs> my one theory is maybe just these sounds are really driving them nuts. I can but I think there's a little. <laughs> What now? Oh, I can vouch for that. I have one of my dogs, my big <laughs> dog, is um, he's part Hunterway and it's a New Zealand cattle dog and they're renowned for very loud, incessant barking. So he doesn't do it mm-hmm. all the time, but when we go, if we go swimming or somewhere where there's water, um, forget about having a relaxing, serene, calm, quiet <laughs> time. He could bark <laughs> nonstop for an hour um, and wow. and it does make you fantasize about murder so <laughs> yeah, you're kind of you kind of you're gonna snap yeah exactly and that's just me so I can imagine if <laughs> and he's my dog and I love him to bits so I can imagine if there was right, no connection <laughs> that you'd want yeah, to murder so thinking, him yeah imagine they're hearing they're like yeah. would that thing just shut up oh I'm trying shut to up yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> they can stop yeah. <laughs> so but then I thought there's got to be a little more to it than that and um so then I thought well you know, uh, getting back to the whole galactic, if we if we move into that arena for people who want to dive in there, you know, the whole Star Wars type, um, what is this, space opera they call it, um, where, you know, what if, you know, the, the lineage that we have ties into different star systems, what if um, they really can't stand the dogman being? What if those, they were at war with each other and they wiped out their race or something, so anytime they see a dog, they just want to shred it. You know, they're like, <laughs> you, you are responsible. You're linked with these beings that killed my people or whatever, you know, and back in the in the space realm of things. Yep. Um, and also I was given another piece, again, by somebody else who doesn't want to be named. Um, but also some, I, I, I got this other intel coming in fresh, um, also, some of these Bigfoot species, or not species, I don't even want to say species, but some Bigfoot are elitist, racist, and some just, you know, are going to do that, you know, going to be rude and, and, you know, knock down a species, another species. So uh, that's another possibility. There's a skunk ape video, Florida Bigfoot is the name of this YouTube video um, showing a Bigfoot in the swamps of Florida, which they call a skunk ape, um, you know, not a very nice name for it, but it kind of, you know. Gets the gist, but it takes the human part out of the the Bigfoot being yeah. that they are. And now I come to see they really are people, uh, especially looking at the um, Sasquatch Ontario YouTube show, which I highly recommend people going and looking there, especially at the Above and Beyond video and the one where it says Sasquatch sings. Um, some really very good understandings I think can be can be made and had by looking there. 
um, to get more sensitivity and gain, you know, better comprehensive view of what the big, uh, the Bigfoot or the Sasquatchy people are. Um, but anyway, in that video, there's this, this looks legit to me, skunk ape, and he's wrangling, kind of like killing a snake. And the commentator on it, he's like, oh, I think, you know, this, this skunk ape is killing that snake for his dinner. Well, I was getting the intel that, no, he's not killing it for his dinner. He's just a racist and he hates, hates the reptilians, hates the reptiles <laughs> and just killing it, you know, because he can. So, you know, that's another take on it, which, again, kind of gives a more human aspect that, yeah, some of these people, they just hate them and they're going to kill them. They have time and opportunity out there. Who's going to see them, right, in the middle of the swamp? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. It's another, you know, another perspective on it. Um and also, um, I know I'm kind of like, I'm kind of really flying all over the place, but I'm trying to like jam this all in as quick as I can. But that leads me to the idea of the reptilian um, is that uh, when some people, humans now, you know, are going into the forest and having some of these encounters with the, with the Sasquatch or Yowies, I'm wondering too, if they can't detect our galactic or starseed origins. So say um, you have somebody going in and they don't have a gun and they get like a violent reaction from a yaoi. One, it could be one of these possessed red-eyed ones, right? Yeah. Or maybe they can t detect, you know, like some, like a mosquito can detect blood type, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing. Or obviously they, they like some with a certain blood types better than the others. They bite the hell out of them. I'm yeah. one of them. That's, yep, but um, one of them maybe, maybe the yaoi um, or Bigfoot can detect the starseed origin. So like my theory with the dog, you know, that they don't like the dog-man connection, the dog if you had like Syrian in your gene pool, galactic gene pool, maybe they're like, oh no, or the dog had, you know, dog man, I think they're from Syria. Um, you know, they're going to like really hate you. Right. And you don't know, you're just a human walking through, probably doesn't even know where, what your starseed origin is. Right. And you're like, why are they mad at me? I love yeah. animals. or I love people, you know, <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, I'm a good yeah. person. Why are they so mad at me? Um, <laughs> that could be that. Or people that have reptilians. So remember, any of these races, whether you're Draco, reptilian, whatever, if you've got that in your gene pool, your galactic gene pool, um, there are good ones and bad ones in every species, every race. Um, oh, and I forgot to mention that, too, with the little minis, our 3D mini translation. Of course, yeah. reptilian representation on Earth would be are the lizards and stuff like that, iguanas. Um, you guys call them what, Guyanas? Um, then, you know... The Draco would be what? The Komodo dragon. You know, there's a representation yeah. for every species if you take it back to a star being, you know. Um, so anyway, that's just another theory that you could be, you know, loving everything and wanting to communicate so badly with a Yaoi and go in with all great intentions. But they're like, nope, you've got reptilian. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and even, the, even if you don't know it, I know it. <laughs> Yeah, and you don't know it, but I know it, and that's all that counts. And I'm bigger than you, so there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's my forest, my home. Get out. Show yourself out. Um, but, yeah, so I'm just, you know, toying with some of those ideas, too, because there's just such a huge, vast area of territory we just don't even know with this galactic aspect. And, again, hello, do I need to mention in Star Wars we have Chewbacca, a Bigfoot. That's right. right? <laughs> my favorite <laughs> character just, in Star Wars. I know he's great. And do you think they just threw him in there just for laughs? You know, uh, I don't think so. And on some level, um, I don't know, you know, I, again, I already revealed my age and I don't even care. I think it's, you know, it's a state of mind. Of course, I'm not going to put birthday candles on my cake anymore. Don't just have it like in her face and on fire. Right. But, um, you know, I was a young, I was about seven when that came out in 1977. And, you know, just instinctively, I'm like, I wasn't like, oh, what the heck is this? You know, they're really pushing it. It was just on an instinctive level. It's like, okay, it's a it's a Bigfoot, you know. 
That was even before I consciously knew what a Bigfoot was, but it just seemed to make sense. It fit. He yeah. seemed nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think on a, on a galactic, you know, some distant, distant memory, ancient, again, I call it like ancient um, lineage, galactic origins that we just kind of know, okay, yeah, we're all in this, you know, star system, systems, whatever, and that's no big deal. Um, it wasn't, you know, like a huge leap or surprise for us kids to, to go there. And then it's no mystery why that's one of my favorite movies and billions of people probably too, because it, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and it yeah. makes more sense now, the, the more I learn about our galactic origins and star seeds and different, different races that, that exist in the universe, the more Star Wars makes sense. It does. And then, like I said, you know, it's like a light switch is going on. Light bulbs are going off all over this world and and tying in with Star Wars. That's why the latest trilogy starts off with The Force Awakens. I thought it was a really odd title choice um, when it first came out. But then they're telling you, you know, it's the predictive programming. And I think that George Lucas and that whole gang (laughs) is on the um, more positive side and revealing these truths. And then you get the um, I don't even want to say the name, but in German, you translate the name as Playhill. Mr. Playhill with the uh, dinosaur beings running around, he is the absolute like antichrist opposite end of revealing truths. And so you've got the balance where you've got the good and, and the negative side, like the yin and the yang in the movie world and, and what they reveal as truths. Um, so anyway, that's just to say that, um, you know, if, if we're looking at the, the Star Wars universe as a more positive side before it, before Marvel took it over, by the way, um, that's why he had the uproar in the second movie that was called um, uh, The Last Jedi. No, sorry. Am I ruining this? I should know this. Um, yeah, The Last Jedi. Uh, there was an uproar over the director because he put a lot of very inappropriate things in there that were very negative connotation, um, very not okay, you know. And uh, and so they they drove the, they drove that Ryan Johnson out, and then J.J. Mm. Abrams took over. That's right. And you know, kind of set things aright to what was the spirit of what we all you know came to support with Star Wars, and then. Then he, you know, collabed and, and worked on with Lucas and others. Actually, he, he worked on it also with the other director that was that did the whole um, Star Wars Rebels, the animated series, which has actually uh, yep. got a lot of spiritual content in there. Um, pretty incredible with the uh, the Loth wolves and what they do. It's pretty amazing. And so anyway, that whole sensitivity came back in there. So all that to say, though, what's that last movie they ended up with? Rise of Skywalker, which mm-hmm. is calling all of us to rise and and connect with our full power. And uh, kind of win the day that, you know, like they always say, like, we're the we're the ones we're waiting for the Hopi prophecy and the um, Hopi elders, you know, that we've got to stand up and um, and then we'll get help maybe (laughs) from the stars. But we've got to show that we're willing to to fight for it for ourselves. Um, Anyhow, I know we're kind of like making a nice little journey all over the place. (laughs) but I do want to touch on also, um, there are two different ways I can go at this point where like a fork in the road, whether I talk about ET experiences and recurring dreams. Uh, I think a lot of people too, like that light switch going on with people suddenly realizing at 50s, 50 year old or older, like, oh, hey, what was that back when I was seven or 10? I had a Bigfoot experience. That's really coming and happening to people now. Also, uh, dreams and dream state uh, that may also be real ET experiences. A lot of people are starting to remember that as well. And I have a very poignant encounter there, but um, I'm going to table that for a second. Maybe we can come back to it. I do want to talk about apportation. I don't know if you're familiar with that concept at all. Um, when things apport, it's, you know, they just seem to uh, appear out of nowhere. I think actually Slorita talked about it on an earlier show. 
that she knew that there was a yaoi spirit that just they were watching a movie and all of a sudden the camera you know showed up on the floor that had been missing That's right. yeah. um i know that in sasquatch ontario mike talks about seeing a marble just come out of thin air being handed to him um you know from the sasquatch so clearly they have this ability now i personally had an apportation account in my home earlier in August, and I had searched high and low for two pairs of glasses, eyeglasses, and, and two, um, con, um, what is it called? <laughs> Not a container. Um, a glasses eyeglasses. case. Case, thank you, that's case. the word. <laughs> <laughs> Bing, you just won $500. Hey, isn't, it, isn't it Mercury retrograde at the moment? <laughs> it is, so, but I won't blame it on that. That was just a, what's the word? That was a know. seniors moment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um Anyway, and I, they weren't mine, by the way, so it wasn't even that I can't read and, and remember what the word is. But <laughs> anyway, I was looking for two pairs of these cases with eyeglasses in them. I looked everywhere. We literally turned mattresses over, you know, every square, you know, millimeter of the house, nothing, you know, could not find these things. So then I just had a calm moment. I'm like, okay, guess I'm not meant to find them right now. I give up, right? So I go back to get something in this computer room, and I had, mind you, I had searched all over the desk, underneath the chair, the surface of the chair, everything. There was nothing there. I go back and walk in, and there was no way anyone had been in that room. Both pairs of the glasses were in their cases sitting on that chair. Right. That can only be attributed to apportation, only. Now, I don't know what being, you know, brought them there, but they sure as heck did. And uh, it was pretty amazing. So I can attest, I can join the ranks of Sorita and, and Mike over at Sasquatch Ontario. That is a real phenomenon. Absolutely. And it, it's pretty mind-boggling. Yeah. Um, but I also had an experience way back when, um, again, you know, sometimes we don't know if it's even our higher self. And I know this is kind of kind of really go off the deep end here, but for some. But, you know, when some of we get some of these messages like don't go into the road, like don't don't go down that street, you know, and, and then later there was an accident and you see that you would have been killed if you, you know, didn't listen to mm -hmm. these little voices. Sometimes can that be your, you know, your angels, your angel guides, whatever your spirit guides, wherever they are, or God or Jesus, whatever you believe in, whatever your flavor. Um, but it also could be your higher self on a concurrent because we're not looking at time as linear. Um, you know, parallel version or other dimension of you. So I do believe somebody, a um, really wise uh, person told me once, a spirit guide, that, you know, there are 11 yous. So I do think there are 11 or 12 of us in different dimensions, and sometimes you get that little crossover, and that's when you have deja vu on something. Yes. Um, but also that higher self can be the one kind of saying, hey, look out there, or don't go do that, right? It, again, it could very well be a guardian angel as well. It could be any number of things. Um, but I'm just bringing that up because that could also be your little person doing the apportation, you know, like, oh, man, you're looking for those glasses. Girl, you're never going to find them here. Let me give you a hand. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. And then you have the trickster element of the yaoi's hiding them maybe on purpose and having a little fun. <laughs> and so. there's nothing worse. I, don't, I wear glasses. There's nothing worse than having to find your glasses when you need them to see <laughs> to find your glasses. <laughs> That's a sick joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really sick joke. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I like that whole concept because um, apportation, I was looking at the etymology. That it comes from French. I'm not even going to try that one. Um, I guess I can try. Why not? It's um, apportionnaire, uh, uh, <laughs> or it's like to divide or, or to partition. But to me, it really comes more from the root word of portar, or in Spanish, to bring, or portare, mm -hmm. um, to bring. Like So you're bringing it, carrying it over from one dimension to the other. 
and well, um, that's kind of like tel- teleport, in. really, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, port and port is what door, you know. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, interesting, like a, a frame or a doorway. Yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so yeah, I I have a lot of other topics to go through, Sarah. So I don't know what you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Hit um, me with the next one. <laughs> Okay, the next one, uh, let me do this one because actually there are two I, I would love to hit before our time is out if if we can get there. Um, because the one I just want to bring up uh, in case it's happening to anybody else. Now, I am probably somewhat giving away some of my star origins by saying this, but at this point, evil already knows who I am. I'm not shrinking back. They know it loud and clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to talk kind of, it comes on the heels of apportation. Um, it's something where... I'm sure people have seen this in predictive programming and movies um, where you are here on the 3D plane, three dimensions, three dimensional, but something in another plane is affecting you. Like when you're sleeping, you wake up and you might have scratches on your arm. You know, that's just one example. Scratches that you couldn't have possibly given to yourself on your body and nobody else in the house is doing it. And this may seem far-fetched for some, but we're entering into a whole new level of a whole new playing field here. As they say, I know you've covered in other shows, the veil is thinning and lifting, and we are kind of crossing over and kind of seeing and witnessing things that we cannot explain. And I do believe our Yowie and Sasquatch friends and the UFO connection with them, they are our first, um, uh, you know, kind of like our first heads up to start exploring what we never believed possible before. And so this 4D stuff, um, I, I heard stories like that. Oh, somebody woke up and they had these awful scratches. Like there's no explanation and no pets in the house. Nobody else did it. How, how could that have happened overnight? Right. Yeah. And I thought, huh, that's interesting. I mean, it sounds a little frightening on one level, but I guess, okay, I'm not going to say it's impossible. I just think it's kind of strange. Well, I'm going to say it happened to me. Okay. okay. I, uh, woke up one morning and all of a sudden on my, and I'm going to just say exactly where it is, even if I'm giving away something of myself, I don't really care. I want people to be protected. Um, I looked down at my left wrist and there was an enormous like puncture, like a, uh, it looked like somebody injected me and it was raised and inflamed. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And nobody else in my house could have done it. And I wake up to everything. And if anything, this was at a time when I was going to bed at four in the morning and waking up at eight. And I don't, even during that time, I I never get a sound sleep. And so I'm like, oh my God, this is one of those crazy ass phenomena, the 4D affecting the 3D, 4D astral, somebody's come in and done this. Because I keyed into my intuition and I'm like, okay, God, what's going on here? And I heard the word venomous. And so I knew that whatever had punctured me was venomous. It was not a spider, however, because there were not two puncture marks. There was one, looked like a shot, you know, there's one mark. And then I kind of got, tagging by some bad entities and I did consult with a spiritual guide and they said sure enough uh they 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 kind of pictured the scene in their mind's eye and um it was and again I didn't leave the witness on that they were just totally tapping into it so what they saw was that negative entities were coming in to mess up my system or tag me with something and then they saw me rising up and like my chest forward and my arms back and somebody else lifting me up and hitting me with like the anti-venom and so, like, to to counteract whatever was done. And this was while I was sleeping, you know, technically sleeping. So this is happening on the astral plane. Now, maybe they did something even worse in the 4D plane, but when you come back to the 3D, it showed up as looking like a shot. 
So that was pretty trippy. I know it sounds pretty unbelievable, but I bet you somebody out there listening probably has had something happen too. Or like, they're, what is this? Somebody told and me a story wasn't... like that the other day, just the other day. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. there we go. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, 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 not allowed to share, I'm not allowed to share this story or who it was, but somebody, a good friend right. of mine, shared that with okay. me um, the other day, that he had a puncture mark in his neck and he actually had woken up um, while that was happening. So, Wow. Yeah. Now that's amazing because I know too another person that was tagged also in the same way uh, across town. So I want to bring this up because I think it's very important and to know that we are, yes, I'm going to say it again if I, I may have already said it. We are in a spiritual war. That means things are going to be happening that we can't quite explain. And that brings me to my next topic of how to protect yourself, yourself, your kids, your house, everything. At least take your best stab at it. No pun intended here. <laughs> People getting hurt here. But, um, you know, sorry, it may be bad word choice. But the thing is that really bad word choice. <laughs> I'm not going to give it a shot either. Okay, I'm going to stop the pun. But the thing is, the thing is that, there are basic ways to do basic protection, and I'm going to bring throw in another one because why not? We're already here at the 4D astral crazy stuff stuff happening. Um, there's the concept also about the astral spiders, which is a phenomenon happening. Uh, people all over the world are experiencing it, uh, and I will tie these two back in together um, about you know how to remedy this or protect yourself. But astral spiders are like these Brillo pads. Um, everyone gets a slightly different version maybe of it, but... This started happening to me like in 2014. I'm like, what the hell is this now? You know, I'm just sleeping and you get a feeling of being watched and you wake up and suddenly there's like this wiry thing that looks like a spider, you know, like a big Brillo pad. I don't know if you have those there. It's like steel yep. wool. Yep. Yep. And um, it's like hovering like right near your face. And you're like, you wake up and the moment you wake up, poof, it vanishes. Or there'll be one on the wall, like near a picture looking at you while you're sleeping and you look over there and then it like crawls behind the picture and disintegrates. It's freaky ass shit. Excuse my French. Yeah. Um, but you start to see these things and I'm like, what the heck? And I do no drugs. I do no alcohol my entire life. I'm like, what are we looking at now? Why are these things here? You know, it's really annoying. And so I consulted too with spiritual guides on what is this happening? And I, I talked to a really good Tapton girl and she helped me with this. She goes, you know, it's like they're watching you because they know they can and they know they have an audience. Like they know that you know you see them and they just really want that attention. So they can't really physically hurt you, but they're just like watching you to get the reaction. And so the best thing you can do is when you wake up, it's very kind of, you know, off like jarring because you're like, what the heck? Um, when you wake up and see it, the best thing you can do is just like ignore it. Like, don't give it a, a detention at once. But that's hard to do. And sometimes yeah. I get pissed off because I'm trying to sleep and that thing is interrupting my sleep because I feel it. And so if I wake up, I'm like, go. Like, like I do like an energy push, like, get out of here, right? But the best thing you can do is just ignore it. They go immediately as soon as you wake up. And so it's kind of like somebody just toying with you, you know, like taunting you. And um, so that's that's strange, too. So some people, I've seen like a black version and, and it can feel like it comes down on a little wire or they're just like clinging to the wall. It's really weird. And I thought, well, maybe that's something to do with the house, you know. But no, I went on a vacation and I was in a hotel and I'm thinking, you know, I'm just sleeping. And I woke up and I'm like, dang it, <laughs> they're there again. So, so it, what it are they? So they look like happening. a. Sorry to interrupt you, Valley. They, they, they look like a, like a Brillo pad. Um, right. Do you, but do, Descending... they actually have spidery legs? No, it was just like a, a Brillo pad. Right. So it wasn't like an actual spider, but just like, so that's why people call it an astral spider. 
and there are uh, 40 astral spider and those you can you know look on youtube there are a lot of people talking about their accounts some i think see like reddish ones and actually i hadn't had an encounter with those for quite a while because i'm going to tell you the remedy of how to stop that or at least curb it um significantly if it starts happening to you and again this is all we're dealing in the realms of frequencies so i think i only was really seeing them at a certain time in 2014 uh, depending where you are on your awakening and your spiritual journey or just your awareness with some of these things or your acceptance of them. Um, it depends on what frequency you're at as as to how much of that action you're going to get. So I think, you know, it kind of was growing and, you know, evolving a bit. And then I don't see them as much anymore. But what you can do, I got some great advice from a spiritual guide. It's like treat this like um, and this is going to go into treating and uh, protecting yourself, like not seeing astral spiders anymore. Very little if you start to see them. Um, or uh, protecting your family and your home. So what you do is treat it like every time you go to bed, what do you do? Most people brush their teeth if they can. You know, hopefully everyone's fortunate enough to do that. Um, or, you know, fluffing your pillow. You know, if you're about to go lay down or whatever you're sleeping on, you kind of move it around and make sure it's comfortable for you. Just at that time, remind yourself, start to protect your room. So I like to use my hand, my right hand, whatever your dominant hand is, and I like to make like three circles and I just say love, blessed, and protected. Like imagine the whole room protected and just a bright light just shining right out of it. Then I go down the hall in my mind's eye and I do the same thing over, you know, families, rooms, love, blessed, and protected. And then I move my hand over the entire house. Like if I had a giant hand over the house and I go love, blessed, and protected, and then I imagine golden light beams like making a dome over the house and the whole property. And I imagine every animal, insect, plant, tree, everything within that dome totally protected. And in fact, I also say that nothing evil or that is not of love can even see or detect this house and this property, you know, under the shield. And that only love can come and go. And then I also kind of do a love, bless and protect it and imagine a bubble within the house. Then, And I just say this is completely sealed in love. So that's what I have found to be your best protection um, of maybe encountering some of these things because you are putting your intention and you're also in your mind's eye raising the frequency and offering a level of protection. Now, that doesn't mean stuff won't happen, but the chances are far less. And the case where I got punctured, um, you know, I think that was something there's there's levels of this spiritual war we don't ever even understand. And even though something bad got to me, the the good the good guys, you know, got there equally quick. And around the same time, um, I had this most bizarre experiences, uh, one of the b most bizarre experiences, at least in recent history that I've ever had. I was again, this was this time frame of going to sleep at, uh, you know, four in the morning, waking up at eight. And um, I'm used to that my whole life. Um, I have kind of that routine. But anyway, I was sleeping and I, you know, I'm not sure where into that four hours this happened, but I swear to you, this was like real as somebody coming up and shaking me. All of a sudden, I felt like somebody grabbed me under the small of my back. I was laying on my back. And then all of a sudden, I felt like whoosh going up through the ceiling of my room. And then suddenly I was on this battlefield, this very dismal battlefield. And the thing that was taking me, uh, if anyone's familiar with the Lord of the Rings, it was a, a blonde elf-like face. Like I could just see the face, like I'm right next to it, the ear. And then all of a sudden, as I was whooshing up, it started to shapeshift. And then the next thing I know, this like dark-haired elf is standing over me looking very worried and like nervous. Now, mind you, while all of this is happening, all of a sudden, my body inside something screams, no, leave this body here you know, like back in the 3D. And then all of a sudden, bam, I'm back in the 3D. Now that felt so real. I've never felt like I have been lifted up to the ceiling. 
And so that was pretty crazy. Mm. And again, I think that's all part of this um, 40 astral trying to hurt us, the ones that are the light workers, or I don't like the term worker, but the light presence here on Earth is really trying to attack us and bring us down. So anybody that got that 4D astral tagging, I, I'm thinking is a trend of the, you know, the quote unquote evil ones, the bad ones trying to mess us up. So it's important to kind of do a blessing over yourself and your house. I think that's the best we can do. Stay as elevated in frequency as possible. And if you start to see these 4D astral spiders, don't worry, you're not alone. I think we're just passing through a frequency, this veil, you know, that we're all like on this 3D earth plane. But I swear there's, you know, that veil is thinning and we're starting to see some weird stuff dip in, right? And um, that's consistent with the Bible for people that are following the Bible. Uh, for me, it's only like 10% truth in there. That is my straight up honest opinion about it. Uh, too much has been, in my opinion, you know, um, jockeyed around for agendas and whatnot. Um, but yes, there's some truth in there, but you got to be really read it with a good, good, you know, read between the lines as well. But it does mention, I think in Revelations that you start to see like mythical beasts and other things that, you know, we haven't seen are going to start to appear and, you know, demons and things we can't explain. So this is a good time just to remember, um, you know, to protect your space at night, you know, and you can protect it over your kids. Also have a good talk and good communication with children. If you have them, they are seeing stuff. Um, a lot of kids see stuff right out the gate, and uh, they are actually seeing it, like sparkles and orbs and fairies. So listen to them. Listen to what they're seeing. And I think it's not a bad idea to put one of those little, if they like it, those little projection nightlights in the room where you can, you know, aim it up at the ceiling and you see like a moon or fish or whatever. Um, it brings light into the room. I think that can be helpful because I've had my own ET recurring dreams and some pretty wild experiences when I was little. And nobody talked to me about that, and I would have loved a nightlight in there. Yes, <laughs> so, oh, I can, I can imagine. Yeah, what were the so? Do you want to do you want to talk about those? Yeah, I'll mention that too. Again, strictly for uh, other people out there that might be dealing with this. Um, I have incredible recall about uh, again about when I was seven. There's some key times in your life if you have these ET experiences. Which, by the way, let me preface: I didn't really consciously think about this i thought it was just weird dream activity i wasn't really believing in the ets at all but then very recently again i was talking with a spiritual guide very very in touch and in tune and very accurate um who i hadn't known and i just i had a reading with her over the phone for the first time um a couple of years ago and she said you know your your electromagnetic field is like way off i'm like really and she's like yeah like did you have a et experience and i'm like what? <laughs> um, because other spiritual guides like 10 years ago said, you're so nervous. I'm like, no, I'm not. Why are you saying I'm nervous? And she totally nailed it. She was picking up on that. I had some ET, you know, experience that my electromagnetic magnetic field, my aura was just like off the charts with that. I mean, I even had an experience where I was getting an x-ray at a dentist, orthodontist, and um, the whole machine broke. I didn't tell them that, so nobody tell. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, now I realize it was because of that electromagnetic um, field, whatever got charged up. And so some had said, oh, yeah, you, I think you had an experience at 7 and maybe 14 and maybe 20-something. I'm like, oh, holy crap. But I now that I look back, I believe they're right. Now, I know for sure at 7 years old, because I had all the telltale signs, I was being dropped at my room. You know, my room is pitch black. And again, I came from a loving family. There was no abuse, thank God. You know, and again, my heart goes out to anybody who has maybe not experienced um, that, is experiencing the opposite. But 
I'm just saying that because there's no way anybody, you know, human in my house, you know, interfered with this. So I was in my room, it was pitch black. There were a couple of times I remember waking up completely oriented the opposite way. So instead of the head being by the headboard, it was at the foot. And I was like always, even at seven, like, what the heck? You know, I don't move. Like I stay in one fixed position. I'm not a restless, fitful you know, sleeper, never have been. And I always remember going, that is weird. I would never just rotate all the way around. What the heck, you know? And then I remember also being dropped on the floor a few times. And I'm like, you know, why am I dropping on the floor? You know, kind of with a little bit of force. And I'm like, I don't jump off the bed. You know, what's going on? Then I had a recurring dream to the detail uh, that went on, which seemed like for months. And it would always end the same too, with this like flashing symbol. And the dream, I'll go ahead and say it because I don't. I think it can only help people and not hurt is um, I, it went down the same way every single time. So I, it was like I was in a movie, um, you know, looking at it as a, it was a movie, but I was in it. And I remember uh, everything seemed cold and monochromatic blues and grays all around me. And I looked straight ahead, though, and there was this cottage, like the classic, you know, uh, fairy tale um, cobblers, you know, the, the shoemaker's cottage. Um, but it was all lit up with warm color. There were all these benches with toys on the top, and it looked very inviting. You know, the little paned windows, uh, like divided uh, windows, like into six panes of glass, mm-hmm. and it looks really inviting. Then I look to the right, and I see a flying saucer, like the classic flying saucer shape, off in the distance, and it felt very cold and like, I don't want to go there. No, no, no. And I look to the left, and there's an enormous T-Rex. And he's also in that blue hue, you know, kind of monochromatic uh, tones in the colors. And he's just kind of like lumbering along. He didn't look threatening, but I'm like, no, I don't want to go there either. So I remember running into the cottage, like crouching down in the back by the wall and saying, I'm safe. They can't get me here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Every time it's the same details of this dream. And then I remember looking out, trying to see who's around that flying saucer, what kind of, you know, beings, and I couldn't see anything. Then I get this flashing symbol, and I, at the same time I was getting migraines, I got a sensation that somebody was that had cut my neck from my ear down to my neck. It wasn't a real cut, but I just even today I can feel it. I wore naturally wore shorts a lot. Again, I had no abuse in the home, but just something just didn't feel right not to have them on, which I really can't explain. And also, I was playing with some friends in their pool, and I'm talking, and all of a sudden in my mind there's some other language. And I'm talking, trying to communicate with my friends, and they're laughing and playing, whatever. And I'm like, can you understand what I'm saying? And they're like, yeah, we understand you. But in my mind, it was a totally different language. And I'm like, you can understand what I'm saying? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know. And so these strange things started happening. Then also I was in school, and they said to do a little creative writing project or whatever and, and draw draw something for the cover of your creative writing story. And unbeknownst to me I'm like I don't know why but I want to write about a a UFO a flying saucer and I remember I'm seven this really wasn't you know everywhere talked about it was starting to maybe be you know with UFOs anyway I drew such a perfect you know UFO it's very crisp and clean and even I was like wow how did I do that it's like you know a machine drawing like really precise I'm going to try to find the picture I have it somewhere of me sitting you know sitting there with my picture so anyway, that's all like the classic things once you've had an experience. They even, um, you know, kind of do the predictive programming bit and uh, mock it a little bit in the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. 
when they have the people that have had an experience with the ETs and they say, oh, have you noticed any drawing abilities show up? You know, they go through the list. Mm -hmm. So I had some of those. I mean, I always was an artist, but, you know, the precision on that really even astonished me. So all that is to say that I've had that experience, which I thought was just a dream that kept coming back. And then I talked to a spiritual guide who said, well, no, um, might have been a little bit more than that. And it might have been that you have, you know, certain galactic origins and you had a few different galactic origin species kind of like fighting over you, so to speak, of who would kind of guide you and take care of you as your like galactic being tribe. And so it seems that some of the negatives, you know, would have been the reptilians. It was almost like a test, right? I could have chosen either side, which would have represented the reptilian, but I chose the cottage in the middle, which mm -hmm. represented not that, right? So um, I believe that that was just a little test shown to me or something uh, that some type of galactic beings are testing me to see which way I was going to go. Uh, I know that sounds like really wild, but that's where I'm at with it uh, through all of my study and all of these things uh, that are pretty unbelievable, but believable these days. So anyway, that might be somebody too out there who can't explain why they were dropped on the floor. Now, another spiritual guide said, well, that might not have been the ETs dropping you. It could have been the ones rotating you on the bed. Um, but the dropping might have been that you were astral uh, traveling, and that's what happened when you slammed back into your body. And I know that does happen. People like uh, Sloane Bella on YouTube, uh, she talks about that a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. When she she's a psychic medium, very um, and gifted, intuitive, um, and she you know remembers seeing ET beings in her room and stuff like that. And and that's a very common thing, like you know, for people that are out of their body, that you can kind of like slam back into a jolt. Uh, I don't remember consciously ever doing any of that, but apparently that's a thing. Uh Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. So I know I'm really covering a lot of ground today, but uh, <laughs> something just keeps telling me it's important for people out there that might be starting to remember some of these things and know they're not alone, you know. So it's just uh, fascinating what's coming up now and why it's coming up right now, I think is even more important. Why are some of these memories getting triggered to come up right in this moment? And I think it's no surprise. It's because we are at a major, major um, uh, kind of landmark uh, point here with the spiritual war as we just look around us to see what's going on. And uh, so I think now we're kind of being jolted into rem remembering who we really are so that we can pick back up with our skills that make us really powerful uh, in, in, in using it for the light. And that's needed now. And the, this, this war that's happening is connected mm -hmm. to, do you think it's connected to that ascension from 3D to 4D? Or is it something else altogether? Um, oh, why, why that war is going on? Yeah. I think in general there's always going to be a war because, um, not always, but I mean the war is there. Why? So that we can bring in the era of peace. Wherever we have a negative, we need to then have a positive, right? So where there might be, they say, I think, I think it's in the Bible somewhere they really go, there's a thousand years of war and then a thousand years of peace somewhere. I've heard that. Um, but we've got to then, you know, have the balance. And so everything isn't going to be perfect here in the 3D because otherwise there wouldn't be a point to come to earth. And so many lessons are learned through war and hardship and 
um, you know, people getting physically injured, because then that allows the compassion to rise even higher, that allows the love to come in, right? And if we didn't have that contrast, and that kind of angst, um, then there would be no need to be here on the 3D earth plane. Um, because, you know, all of the people and everything I've read is saying that Earth is kind of a laboratory like you, you know, if you're in other dimensions, um, you already know what that kind of Zen bliss state is. And here it's like, I want to know what chocolate milk tastes like. Uh, you can only find that out here on the 3D, right? Yeah. Um, somebody had that in a, in a book. I think it was one of Dolores Cannon's books where um, when she was doing the uh, QHHT, the quantum mm -hmm. healing uh Quantum, quantum hypnosis healing technique, somebody was, um, she was always tired and like, well, you're doing a lot of work while you're in the 4D astral. You don't realize you're going up and meeting with these galactic people. You're doing this and that, you know, some people are terraforming other planets. Um, but this, this person, she was meeting with some councils and they literally asked her, uh, what does chocolate milk taste like? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what does this feel like? Because this is where we have the 3D density and we know it touches and we know, you know, what what um, what things feel like with emotions where these other beings don't need that. Right. Yeah. So that, that kind of makes sense. And I, I can um, just refer people. I don't have to read it. But the, the, the notion of touch and what I was just talking about reminds me of the message from my Yeti friend that came through yes. who said it's OK to call her son. It came through on January 9th, uh, 2022 at 3 p.m. And I put that in my YouTube sh channel, the Lavender Sky Panther Show, called Tree Sky Sun, and it's toward the end. Um, but also, uh, yes, shout outs and, and praises to you, uh, Sarah, with Yahweh Central and AYR, um, with the Yahweh Witness Reports, all the great work you guys are doing. Thank you. But this, um, <laughs> this message came in, and I can just, we can send people over there. I don't know if you want me to read it, but... Oh, just just a about, summary of it would be fine. You don't need to read the whole thing. Yeah. So the, 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 a big key message in there was about touch and how much we can learn just from touch and how powerful that is. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of why we're here in the 3D. So back to your question, why is there war? Well, war is shown to us so that we can show the opposite of love, which is love. Yeah. Um, and this is the little experiment, they say, on this earth plane in 3D you know, which, which really won't happen anywhere else. And yeah, I mean, some of the stuff is happening above and then we have stuff happening in the inner earth, which is all another topic. Well, yes. So, no, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. We 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 might have to wrap it up fairly soon, but tell me a little okay. bit about, about inner earth and your, and your understanding of perhaps that there are other civilizations, other beings living within our planet, or is it a different dimension? Oh, no, it's it's um, it's like uh, concrete. You can touch it. You can feel it. You can smell it type stuff. I can sum this one up. Unlike everything else, I think pretty quickly. So I'll just <laughs> do it by referring to different places for people to go read and research. So uh -huh. the inner earth, my own personal um, take on that is uh, over 10 years ago, I went to another very, very gifted spiritual guide. And there's so many stories I can tell you. Uh, with that one and about demons and the ghosts and that it'll clearly be another show, I guess, or another time. But he told me at that time, and I thought, again, he was flipping crazy because uh, mm. we all think that until we have our own experiences, don't we? Yeah. And so he said, yeah, there's an, there's an inner earth and space spacecraft come out of it and they come out of the water. And at that time, I didn't even really believe in UFOs. I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. Um, okay, you know, I respect you and you're very gifted. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, but I'm like, oh, okay, coming out of the middle of the earth. All right, that's a good one. But then like 10 years later, I'm like, oh, holy crap, that guy was right. <laughs> so, <laughs> 
my my personal experience that I know there's there's something to it. Well, first, let me just send people off to some references uh, just for fun. So obviously, well, not obviously for many, because I just came into this knowledge a couple of years ago myself. But if you want to know about Inner Earth, the first thing that comes up is Admiral Byrd, uh, B-Y-R-D. He was a rear admiral, and he has a, a supposed diary. There's some discrepancy whether it's legit or not. I think there's a lot in there that is, is pretty legit. Um, but he did a, a flight over the North Pole. And the, the account goes that he, he was flying and flying and things were cold, but then all of a sudden his um, instrumentation went all buggy and he had a navigator with him or a radio man rather. They keep flying and flying and all of a sudden they're over uh, green territory and mind you, they're, they're over the North Pole. And all of a sudden they're looking down and there's forests and then they see what looked like an elephant and he's like, no, it's a woolly mammoth, like things that were extinct. And then he's flying and flying for miles. I mean, hundreds of miles and still over this green land, which is an impossibility if you're on the surface of the earth. So then the whole account is that he gets into some type of tractor beam. And I don't want to really blow it for everyone. I think people should go read the account. If you look on anywhere online and you look up Admiral Byrd's diary, you can you can read the account. So I'll just leave it at, at there. But he also did another tour down over the South Pole and had UFO uh, pretty much battle going on down there. So that was called Operation High Jump. So if you look that up, there are some Russian um, films, really old films, that show that UFOs were coming out of the water and it was a full-on assault. And there was a large military force sent down there and they had Admiral Byrd lead it. And all of a sudden, they just pulled all of those forces out, like with haste. And so, you know, you know something was going on down there in Antarctica. And that's a whole other topic, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Listen to Buzz Aldrin tipping people off, saying it's pure evil down there. And then a second later, they scrubbed it off the Internet and said, oh, no, he was just kind of crazy. Um, so anyway, there's another book I highly recommend. It's only about 55 pages, and I think there's a free PDF of it online or, or an audio. And it's called The Smoky God, or A Voyage to the Inner, Inner World. And it was um, an account taken in 1921 of Olaf Janssen. And a guy named Willis George Emerson recorded it. Now, there's a little bit around him. I think he was a creative writer at the time. But I do think there's certain details in this account that I think there's a lot to it that I think this guy really did have this account, this Olaf Janssen. And so apparently he and his dad um, found a way in and accidentally ended up in the inner earth. And they talk about giant beings like, you know, one singing like regular, you know, sophisticated society beings that are huge. Um, they talk about seeing a lot of different birds that some had gone extinct on the surface world that they started, you know, disappearing even in the 20s. And the theory was, hey, well, they're not going to disappear unless they have an asylum to go to, and that's the inner earth. Um, but there's a lot of very interesting things in there. I was going to read a passage, but they even describe how, like, um, here, let me look real quick. The ratio of the water to the earth and the inner earth, they're saying it's about three-fourths of, three, about three-fourths of the inner surface of the earth is land and about one-fourth water. Uh -huh. And they talk about the rivers and which ways they flow and that there's an artificial sun at the center it goes on and on and on. So whether you believe that account is true or not is pretty fascinating. Um, also, my own personal encounter uh, with it was, um, or my spiritual hint that this is all true, and uh, that's what you get from your guides when you're connected in, is uh, I happened to be at a, an animal park, a, a nice one, a humane one, down in the Keys. And it's, you know, where they had some dolphins and, and sea lions and things, and you could look at them, and they were in their natural habitat pretty much. Um, but anyway, we're, you know, I had a break and I was with some friends and we're sitting there 
uh, at a little cafe. And then I started to see this blackbird come around. And in, at first, I didn't know what kind it was, but it looked like it had little stripes on the wings. So I'm like, oh, that looks kind of like a captain or, you know, like some kind of military officer. And one of the people with us who's really connected said, oh, no, it's an admiral. Um, it's an admiral bird. And I'm like, what? No, it looks like a, a blackbird, a crow. I don't know, you know, but it looks more like a captain. And they're like, no, it's an admiral bird. So I get out my phone. And I look on Admiral Byrd, and this is before I knew about any of this inner earth stuff. And who pops up but Admiral Byrd, you know, this rear admiral <laughs> that had the inner world experience. And yeah. I'm like, that was universe working through this person to insist that it wasn't a captain, you know, it wasn't another kind of blackbird, you know, <laughs> this was an admiral bird, right? And that's when I'm like, oh, holy crap, here we go. <laughs> now I've got to go down this rabbit hole. Right? Check this another rabbit out. hole. <laughs> yes. But that was an affirmation because, come on, what are the chances this person's going to use the words an admiral bird? As it turns out, I think it's just called a red-winged blackbird. So, you know, it was specific. And when I've learned by now, when something is so exaggerated, that's universe getting your attention. That's the universe or God saying, you need to look at this. Have fun with that. You know, that also leads into other maps that I found and a trans channeling. Oh, my God. That's the experience of all experiences that I had with somebody who just started to go into a trans channel. And I had a being from God knows what dimension come through. And said, go ahead, you can ask me any questions. And it was like the uh, the Thoth being that came through on the law of one that was done in 1981 in California. They had a trans-channeling woman, and there were two guys that were you know, documenting it. If you look at the law of one, that's on PDF too. So it was kind of that line of questioning where the, the, the Thoth comes in and says, hey, you know, you can ask anything. And so I asked a couple of questions, and I had, uh, I had it all written down, and it got wiped. So I only remember two of my questions. And I'm like, what? And it clearly was another being because the person went like dead, like their soul left their body. They, they, you couldn't revive them. And I'm like, what the hell is going on when this person suddenly went into trans channeling, unbeknownst to me? Okay. And so, um, so then I'm like, okay, I'll play this game as long as you don't hurt the being you're, you know, coming through. And they're like, no, it's okay. <laughs> Can I trust this person, this being? So anyway, the question I asked was, uh, and I'm like, you know, mind you, I'm like, this is such a surprise that this interchange is happening. Um, so the only thing I could think of is like, okay, you know what? Let's get real. I know that the maps, the cross sections that they're showing us of the earth are not true. I've always known as a kid, there's no lead ball or some kind of metal ball at the center of this planet and a ton of magma and a mantle and a crust. That's just BS. I'm sorry. I'm not buying it. I never did even as a kid. And I'm like, so what is at the center of the earth? What is it? You know, and at this time I'm not even thinking hollow earth, inner earth, nothing, but I'm just, I'm just knowing there's no ball at the center. And so... And uh, and plus, who can they, no one can even drill that far to tell you conclusively that's what's going on if you think yeah. about it. Yeah. So anyway, they said, "Oh, um, well, think um, think of yourself. You know, can't you figure out what it is?" I'm like, "No, that's why I'm asking you." <laughs> and it turned out that the answer was, "It's a heart." And when you look at the map, I sent you some uh, in an email, Sarah. Um, yes. of some of these maps that I found relative to the hollow earth, you know, um, idea, let's just say, um, but it looks like in cross section, the heart, like if you, an abstract version of it, it's got the four chambers, it's got the atrium and the ventricles. And so I'm like, Oh, holy crap, this is all tying together. And then the message from this being was also, okay. I just kind of saw an image that the rivers are like the veins. This is a being, the earth is a being. And yes, there's stuff going on at the center. 
Um, then another one of my questions was, okay, really, what's the deal with the dinosaurs? What the heck was that about? <laughs> what blip in history was this? Why were they here? Why did they leave? I just don't understand. I never have, and I've always wondered about that. And the answer that I got from what I can remember, and I wish I could have saved the text, was, um, but I guess it was meant to go or I would have still had it. But the answer was, well, um, we had them here, but there was no balance because they were like killing the flyers and they were killing the earth creatures and whatever. So we put man here or human type kind, may, maybe even the Yowie they were talking about, you know, to to kind of maintain the balance in the populations. Now, that didn't really sound so plausible, but I guess why not? But that's the answer I got. <laughs> But anyway, through transchanneling, um, you know, beings coming in from God knows where, providing answers, um, you know, all these other little dots were connecting with me personally now with this Admiral Bird thing. That was a clear neon arrow pointing to you must look this up because I've never heard anybody talk about a bird as being an Admiral Bird. You know, that was the universe getting my attention. Then I read this book. It was interesting for whatever, you know, whether you believe it's true or not or a creative story. Uh, there's a lot of detail in there that does make sense. And um, then also I sent over a picture off the um, Internet, which I do believe is credible. There was supposedly a Russian team of cosmonauts, astronauts, whatever, um, on a space station or something. And they took supposedly a snapshot of what the North Pole really looks like. And it's, um, you know, it supports the theory that the Earth is really the shape of a toroid. So if you look at an apple and you do a transverse section cut on it, mm -hmm. transversal cut where you see the top of the stem is at the top and the other little bits at the bottom, yeah. you will see that they kind of like they, 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 you know, things kind of like move in and, and dive down in toward the center at the mm -hmm. top and also come up from the bottom. And that would explain the North Pole and the South Pole. When you look at Google Earth and all those things, they show like a, a whiteout, a mask out at the top and the bottom. Why? Why can't we see what's at exactly at those points? So that really does strongly suggest that's being covered up, that really we have holes leading in you know, at those two points. Uh -huh. And a lot of that makes sense in the Smoky God book, because toward the end, they, they start to totally question the whole, you know, rip apart what's causing gravity. Because if we look at that, there's a hollow earth, and you can throw all the stuff we've learned about gravity out the window, because everything's not going down to a, a, a lead ball, right? Yeah. So they cover a really interesting angle there. So this just keeps going and going and going. <laughs> and then we look at, you know, the toroid is the shape of the apple. Well, then we've got Apple and all these computers with a bite out of it, right? So somebody knows something if we're talking about the apple of the Garden of Eden, <laughs> yes. right? Then we've got the apple with Newton, so we can pull, totally break apart the whole idea of Newton had an apple hit him in the head. You know, <laughs> this goes and goes and goes. <laughs> anyway, there are signs everywhere. Also, because there's accounts of UFOs coming out of the water, and then you get the predictive programming and all the movies about stuff coming through big cracks down in the Mariana Trench and all of this stuff, you know, and, and then again, the dreams that people are having, very connected dreams and recalls, um, it all substantiates that, of course, this is what's going on with our Earth. And so there'd be, you know, I forget if it's like 600 miles or so that there is a crust, but then below that, you know, becomes layers of pockets of holes, and then you get into, you know, the pure, free and clear inner Earth. And this is nothing new when you look at the Tibetan culture and Agartha, um, what's it, Shambhala, I'm saying it wrong. Um, but there's all of these um, stories of their being in inner earth. Yeah. So I, for one, fully do believe now through um, certain things that have led me to um, to get there. And there's another story I cannot tell, but I had a very real experience in dream state connected with a crystal that really made it conclusive to me. So, you know, and then you have the reports of the Nazis 
uh, trying to find the tunnel entrances to the inner earth, you know. <laughs> oh, it would be for right? nefarious purposes. Yeah, were... yeah, but like are they doing it because the what they think they're going to find lava? They, if they really think they're going to find a way in, they're, they're, you know, there's probably something to it. So anyway, yeah, we've just been shielded and, and told so many, you know, just been hidden from so many truths. And, of course, with that one, uh, are we going to get proof on that? I believe we might in our lifetime. I think the way things are accelerating with a spiritual war and that, all of that is too, so that truth can come to light. Uh, so hopefully that does come sooner than later, because it sure would be one wild ride to find out about yeah. all of that. And then that also lets you know where, you know, some people are wondering, well, where the earth-based Yahweh's go? You know, well, maybe they're going into pockets of inner earth. There's also the connection of um, certain artifacts and things found in the Grand Canyon tied with the Hopis that then they find also over in the Tibetan culture. And I forget, I had it on one of my shows that there's the word for sun or moon is the same thing in, in the Tibetan language. And so it implies that they made, they made you know, a path to each other through the inner earth to connect. Ah. And then you look at the, the star origins, the star people that all of the, all of the cultures talk about, you know, culture bringers and, and the star people. And then you have the ant people. Well, what do the ant people do? What do ants do? They go through tunnels, do they not? Yeah. Little people have their ant farms, these kids. <laughs> you see them with all their tunnels, you know. So the ant people come out of the earth, supposedly in some of these prophecies, when things get really bad, just like we're starting to see more and more Yahweh's, when things get bad and also when we are ready to see into different dimensions. And so the ant people can, you know, traverse. They're, they're not traversing on the land, the ant people. We haven't seen any lately that I know of. But other cultures have seen them in the past, so they must dwell within the earth. Right, is my my opinion. That's that's something <laughs> that's that, where we're headed. Something that hasn't been reported to me yet is is ant people. I've had goat people, cat people, dog people, uh, but I haven't had an ant people. That's interesting. I think they come in at the end, because uh, remember. Also with the uh, Admiral Byrd account, so what happened, I guess I'll, I'll, okay, disclaimer people, not disclaimer, but uh, what do they say? Spoiler. (laughs) Don't listen if you don't (laughs) want to Hold your ears and go, no, 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 no. But uh, so what happens is he gets in a gravitational pull, long story short, he is tapped to come and talk to the ancient one or the elder of a civilization in the North Pole. And they're very, you know, wise and old and all this good stuff. Have a crystalline city, the walls are like translucent and glow and all this stuff. That's something like he's never seen. He's like, well, why are you talking to me? Why are you choosing me? And they're like, we know you to be a good man. Um, and we're here to give you the message to tell your people to stop blowing stuff up, basically. right? Like, don't do the, the atomic bombs and all of this stuff, because it creates a rift and it impacts all of us on the inside of the earth and on the outside into all the different dimensions. All that to say, that's that's that account. And so he says that that wisdom keeper, that ancient one says, um, you know, when the time there's going to be a time when your people are going to need us and we will return the culture back to you. We'll, you know, we'll like give you back the treasures. Different animals will come back, you know, and that's all implying that they're going to they're keeping them there in in the hollow earth. So it's very fascinating. Yes, Uh, there's a lot to it. I think if anybody, if you just want to have the door crack open a bit, uh, you can go look at the Admiral Byrd account. But again, that may or may not be totally accurate. But then you can get the, the online version of the Smoky God, the Audible, or I think there's a PDF, just to kind of really pique your interest and start opening your mind to all of this stuff. Yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out. 
And I, you know, honestly, I wouldn't have if it weren't, I got my first little piece of, hey, you might want to look over here, you know, from the universe by, by that spiritual guide I talked to. And again, I thought he was crazy. He's talking about a hollow earth. He's talking about spaceships coming up out of the water. Um, But look, lately they're releasing that even through mainstream news. Shockingly, uh, they're showing footage of craft going in and out of the water, which they call USOs, uh, unidentified uh, submersible objects. Um, Then you've got remote viewers who are totally, you know, talking about all of this stuff and ones that even the government had hired remote viewers to locate bases and things going on on the moon. So none of this is far fetched. We're just, we've been so trained to reject all of this and uh, mock it and and make fun, but those days are over. So it's very exciting times because we're just like making baby steps into a whole lot of knowledge that's coming to us. And I think that's what this Yeti uh, friend that I connected with and, and that show she was also mentioning that, you know, there's so much knowledge coming for us. Uh, it was a telepathic conversation that I was having with this Yeti. She, her very last word on that was stars, that, you know, things are going to be coming, I think. Our little star people friends will be involved somehow. But I think they come in at the very last hour after they see what kind of moxie we have to stand up for what we believe in and to treat each other with love above all. Yeah. And I wonder if that coming in at the very last moment. Is that in our lifetime or are we talking eons from now? Uh, I do believe it's in our lifetime because I believe we wouldn't be here if it weren't for us to see the big show. We got the front row seat. We're in it. I always thought I I remember running through, I don't know if I mentioned this on your previous show, but I, I remember running through my house as a kid at seven years old and the TV was on and there was some news thing and they're talking about the mark of the beast and all this gloom, doom, doom and gloom stuff. And I'm like, they're so wrong. They're so full of it. There's nothing really bad like that going to happen. Come on. They're just, you know, making this stuff up. And I'm like, and besides, I remember, I remember quoting myself. I mean, I can quote myself when I was young. I remember standing there. I remember exactly where I was in the house looking at the TV. And I said, and besides, what are the chances that I would be born on this planet at this time? Look at Jesus was like 2000 years ago. Like, why would I be here at the exact time that all this stuff is going down? And now I'm laughing, laughing because we're seeing with these injections and, you know, with the, you can't trade with commerce. And that was all that was told about the mark of the beast. And I'm just laughing because I never bought into that narrative or, you know, thought that was real. And now I'm like, oh, holy crap, <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and this is the form that it's taking. So that's why I believe it absolutely will be within our lifetime. And I believe it's coming sooner than later, actually. Uh-huh. And I, I think absolutely we could be starting to see even more remarkable stuff in about five years because uh, there's been signs given. We've had the signs in the heavens, so to speak. If you go look at Naughty Beaver and the Nostradamus prophecies, he's uh-huh. got some yes. very wild but very connected stuff on timelines. And even uh, one of the Pope, the archbishops, read the quote that he read about the star, um, about the uh, signs being in the heavens and that it already happened starting in, I think it was September 27th, 2017. I just remember because it, <laughs> it was the night of one of my high school reunions. And I'm like, son of a gun, that can't be an accident. <laughs> um, but uh, so anyway, that, that kind of kicked off this era. So it could be, you know, within three to five years, some big stuff goes down. But I do believe we came here for the show. This is the show, and it's not like playing out how we ever thought it would, and we probably don't even remember saying, yeah, I'll be stupid enough to sign up and come to Earth and be a part of this, because <laughs> uh, it doesn't feel so good in the 3D body. But um, I do believe, yeah, we're, we're here for like the, the epic show of a lifetime, and I also believe that too, um, because of the one show I had, I sent you two shows that I was going to send people over to, 
uh, since we last talked that I think are the most significant evidence of craft and even sky battle happening up in the, in the heavens, yes. which actually on the Naughty Beaver show, he does talk about too, that in what was it, 1571, somewhere around there in Nuremberg over the skies, there's a wood carving. Now, whether that's legit or not, we can look at too, but there's an entire battle going on, you know, and we're getting a glimpse of a dimension of ongoing battle real time. And I caught something like that to my dismay. I mean, I just couldn't believe it. On June 22nd, uh, 2021, it was nighttime. And what caught my attention was there was a, um, a system, a cloud lightning system, and it just stood still. It was stationary for over an hour and a half. And that just doesn't happen in my part of the world, in my skies. You know, it would have like blown in one direction or in the other. It stood still. And what caught my attention was patterns. And, you know, if anybody's watched my show and we didn't really kind of talk about that, I've been capturing a lot of cloak and craft to the part where I'm to the point where I'm even seeing machine parts popping out and all this stuff. We've got craft in our skies every single day. It <laughs> doesn't matter what city I go to or where I travel to, I'm finding the evidence. And everyone else can, too. As I always say, if you spend two to five minutes every day looking up and watching some patterns. Um, but this this lightning show, I call it lightning show, epic um, backyard night time sky battle nightcraft sky battle i was screw up the title in that show that's just that lightning system stayed there for over an hour and a half and what i noticed was the pattern was like a call and response if you know with music with jazz especially there'll be like you know the woman singing and then the guy answers or vice versa right there's one over here and then one over the other and it was happening in this uh lightning show i'm calling it so it would flash on one side to the right and then it would flash to the left and vice versa and I'm like, okay, this seems intelligent. This seems like there's a communication going on between these two sides of this huge system that's just sitting there, very oddly so, right? And so I'm like, well, I'm going to film this. So I filmed it, just videotaped it on my camera phone. So what I decided to do was just slow it down and go frame by frame. And then all of a sudden, I see these craft backlit. And they are precise shapes of craft. And so I'm like, I'll be darned, you know, people get out there. This is another thing to do if you like. When you see a, a lightning storm or something, you know, obviously stay safe distance away in case they're real lightning flashes and not artificial. It's another thing. These these felt very artificial, the light flashes. But, you know, start filming and then on your camera phone and then just go frame by frame, you know, slowly drag across and you're going to see some wild stuff backlit. You know, if you're in a situation like that where it just seems like it's lingering around way too long, something's going on and you just get that feeling you might find some nice surprises in there. And then the other show while I'm at it, just the only two I want to recommend people to go see just for mind, mind expanding stuff. I know I always want to say mind blowing, but then I see a mind actually blowing up and I don't like that. So I say mind expanding. Um, there's another show that's just called Cloud and Quotes Cruiser. And that was on, ironically, 4th of July, uh, you know, with all these awful predictive programming movies. I can't stand them like Independence Day. But on 4th of July, I looked to the east and very low in the, in the sky there just seemed to be like the outer tracings of clouds, you know, sitting there, not even clouds, just like an outline of weird artificial looking cloud, very light tracing. And I'm like, oh, OK, whatever. So I'm panning around doing my usual thing, looking 360 around at the sky. And then I look back and I'm like, huh, that's looking more well formed and put together. And hey, it kind of looks like a speeder or a craft. I'm like, that's weird. And it hasn't moved. That's also weird. You know, it's like 10 minutes later. Well, in another 10 minutes, I'm like, this thing is fully formed, hasn't moved from its location. Now, no clouds do that. No clouds just keep forming in a 20, you know, over 20 minute span sitting in the same place in the sky. And so I took another picture and it wasn't until I do my little enhancements when I got back inside, uh, which is simply taking the original photo and I'm not altering it other than just editing levels of lighting, you know, like contrast and 
and color saturation and things on it and brightness. That's all. And all of a sudden, bam, it's a freaking craft. And I can point to parts and pieces if you look at that show. So, you know, I've got proof of daytime craft cloaking and also nighttime now. And there are other things that can't be explained going on in that nighttime show um, with the way the lightning is arcing between two different bodies. Other like light comes and goes from above. I mean, all I can do is say, please go look at those shows if you want to really understand that there's much more going on than we could ever have believed. And then maybe all of this that I've talked about starts to make some sense and is a little more plausible than than not. Yeah, I have watched those two shows. I highly recommend to my listeners to check them out. Yeah, yeah, they were amazing. I could totally see what you were talking about. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So it's fascinating. I just say, hey, everybody. Things might not feel good, but you know what? Let's let's hang hang in there and, like they say, enjoy the ride. Just, you know, the more we can look at stuff with humor of what's going on, the more we can keep our vibrations up, uh, you know, like, you know, just look at things in disbelief, like they're doing this now. Are you kidding? You know, and what is that, a joke? You know, kind of uh, the other thing I maybe I can close on is uh, three powerful words just to remind yourself to keep your power, you know, stay strong in your power and know that you are absolute I like to say when I see some unbelievable things happening around me on the outside world, I like to just say, I transcend it. I transcend it. Like, you mean nothing to me if it's a bad thing. Uh, Your grass beneath my feet. I transcend it. So what? Show me what you're going to show me. I transcend it. (laughs) So there. I like that. I like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah. It comes in handy. And the other phrase, which I won't mention on the air, like I showed you the little car bumper sticker. (laughs) That helps too in the right mood. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Absolutely. You can swear on my show though. It's totally fine. (laughs) Oh, then should I do it for anybody that knows Spanish? (laughs) Yes. I I, ironically, we we took a little trip and I happened to be at the Fountain of Youth. And if anybody knows that, it's this, this tourist attraction that's been in Northern Florida for like since the 50s, I think, early 60s. And we're in the parking lot and I see this car and it has like a a, a bumper sticker with Mexico and other stuff going on. And I look in this side window and it's got like one of those baby on board little, you know, like suction cup deals on the on the window. But instead, it's it's red and in white letters, it says, adios, bichachos. So like, (laughs) bye, bitches. Bye, bitches. And I just, yeah, I just, laughed because it just reminded me of all the garbage going down the pipe this whole last couple of years it's just like i want to just pull it all together and just put it in a lump and wave you know adios pichachos we're done with you yep i'm with you i'm with you (laughs) love it (laughs) well vali look i we might have to wrap it up now but i've just loved talking to you there's there's so many interesting bits of information and you're so generous in sharing all of this because you spend so long researching and and to share it with our with my my listeners is 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 really lovely really generous thank you well thank i thank you and your listeners i believe we are all one good big happy family and i give real hugs not virtual ones so imagine just getting a real hug from me a real good tight one like oh, your yeah. family and <laughs> you know however these experiences we do need to share I think, you know, full disclosure on all of this stuff starts with us. No waiting for anybody to tell us anything anymore. Connecting in with our own heart space and remembering things that we know to be true, that's all we need. Uh, Nobody needs to prove anything to you. And no holding back. And the more we share what we know authentically, like, you know, there's some of this stuff. I'm like, ah, should I share it? I don't know. But the more I do look like you told me, somebody, yeah, said something to you about their arm being punctured. And so look at none of this starts to look so crazy now, does it? We get, you know, get this information out there. And so I appreciate you 
so much and your channel here, your um, station, and all of us here because, you know, we're we're witnessing miracles right now. We're living them. And, and as much as we want to, like, kind of get into the – it's easy to slip into the negatives of things. But, dang it, we're in exciting times right now. Yes. I mean, do you think I would ever in a million years have told you, I'm capturing, capturing cloak and craft on a daily basis in the skies? <laughs> I told you when I started, I was happy to show five weird things that I thought were happening, you know, five shows tops – and That's now, right. you know, I'm, I'm so far down the road and like, and my, my little thing was like, okay, I don't really need to keep doing this anymore, but I will, you know, and I'll stop the moment there's nothing to see in the sky. And there's only been more and more. <laughs> so, <laughs> do you think I ever would have gone from a profession to talking about this stuff, you know, having the memory recall about a Sasquatch experience and all of this, it's coming together now. It's not an accident for any of us. Yeah. This is the time. This is the time of total excitement. You know, all of the movies, even the bad ones put out by the beast system of Hollywood show the good guys winning in the end. So what do you want? <laughs> you know, I think you just have to remember and know it in your heart. We do come on top. We are already. And it's all a matter of what we can do and what we can remember what we can do with all of our powerful gifts. Absolutely. And they're just, we're not even scratching the surface, whether you're on inner earth or hollow earth or on top of the earth, whatever, or out in space, it's going to get more and more exciting by the minute. So, Yeah. Hang on to your hats, bitchachos. Yeah, buckle up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> sounds like it sounds exciting. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Yeah. So I'm with you in spirit. I'm standing strong with all of you, mighty. Excellent. And, uh, big standing love coming str- your way. Standing strong with you too, and big love coming back at you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to give a mighty tribal yowie roar, but not not today, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe when we go hang outside up, yeah. and unleash it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And that was Vali of Lavender Sky Panther. Make sure you check her YouTube channel out if you want to see her take on what's going on in our skies. Vali also emailed me with a few notes to go with her conversation with me so that listeners can look things up if they like. So I thought I'd read some of them out to you now to finish off the show. So Vali said, keep in mind we are discovering the true nature of a very dark side to Hollywood that has been deceiving and malevolently manipulating humankind via predictive programming and hiding things in plain sight. There is also a somewhat light force in the entertainment industry that acts as a counterbalance and in some cases is of good or possibly neutral intent to hint drop non-distorted truths to help humanity awaken toward no longer being deceived. So we wondered whether people were seeing these strange cryptid creatures more often because they have more access to the internet. Vali reckons, yes, definitely there are more people speaking out and researching about these topics. There is a great awakening now, like a divine supernatural light switch flipping on. Countless people like me are suddenly remembering in perfect divine timing that they actually had Bigfoot, alien or other supernatural encounters from when they were little or they've had recent encounters and they're putting two and two together about the reality of what those encounters and sightings really were and accepting them as truth. 
See the hint drops in 2015 Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. In the movie trailer it says there's an awakening. Can you feel it? And she also mentions the references to a great awakening and the shroud when you choose a spiritual setup in the video game Stellaris. So I mentioned the thinning of the veil theory earlier. Vali says it could be that the veil between 3D and 5D is rapidly thinning and as people awaken, we are evolving, levelling up and seeing more and more unbelievable things, more creatures, more strange things, including spiritual type entities, both good and bad, in inverted commas, in 3D reality and also in dream state. A good reference for you to look up is a YouTube video from June 2019 by Sloane Bella called Sloane Describes the Energy of the Astral Plane and Ascending Vibrations and Energy. Vali also says that maybe the veil is a type of construct or energetic fence trapping the evil beings in and everyone else too and preventing other galactic evil beings from coming onto or into our planet. And you can check out a YouTube channel by a guy called Naughty Beaver, which is definitely worth checking out if you're interested in Nostradamus prophecies, and another YouTube channel called Cosmic Agency. The other possibility about the thinning veil is that perhaps the Earth's moon is an artificial planetary body that is controlling or sending out a shield over Earth to function like the energetic fence that which she just mentioned. That concept is hint dropped in the 1983 Star Wars movie Return of the Jedi, except a natural forest moon of Endor, if you remember the movie, has a protective shield generator projecting out to protect the orbiting second Death Star, which was that artificial moon-like base. And while it's under construction, if you remember Obi-Wan Kenobi saying in the iconic line in Star Wars A New Hope, the very first one, that's no moon, it's a space station. I wish I could say that with as much gravitas as Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So the next point was that perhaps we have a, a blurring of dimensions, maybe we have parallel universes or frequency compatibility. So Vali explains that creatures, entities and humanoids can temporarily wander in or meander into our dimension, which is a type of veil glitching or maybe wires crossing or wires aligning, a frequency sinking, and then cross through it on their way to somewhere else. It might be as mystifying to them where they ended up as it is to us seeing them here. It is also apparently possible to be in two parallel universes at once. This is actually referenced in books such as Dolores Cannon's The Convoluted Universe, Book 1, Chapter 11, Parallel Universes, on page 344. She has an example there where she explores a past lifetime and arrives at a hunter named Tuan, or Tuan, 
who kills a strange animal which had never been seen before by his people and he brings it back to his village. A resulting explanation of how that was possible is revealed as, and I quote, numerous parallel universes exist alongside of ours, but because they vibrate at different speeds, they are normally invisible to human eyes. The universes intersect with each other, but usually the points of intersection are not compatible. Thus, inhabitants of the two different universes are not aware of the intersection. There may be some minor changes that one or two might notice, but it will be nothing major. At this particular point, it was a rare occurrence of a compatible intersection. And when Tuin, this hunter, was out hunting, he was in two universes simultaneously, but not aware of it. The animal that he killed was an inhabitant of the other universe, but since it was a compatible intersection, he was able to transport the animal into this universe without destroying the basic matrix. The other, the other theory that Viley had about what's happening at the moment is that we are getting more and more time travellers. So beings coming in from other dimensions, and yes, they can be galactic dimensions, so other planets, other universes, they can be other cryptid creatures, they can be humanoids, they can be other entities altogether, they can be 4D astral beings, they can even be Earth-based humans, like the military or government types, who know how to meet in and access the 4D astral plane. We have heard of the men in men in black or the men in dark hats. Predictive programming movies like The Adjustment Bureau and Men in Black try to portray them as the good guys when they are actually the opposite. They're dark entities, they're dark agents working with dark forces to disrupt and harm the good in our 3D reality. A recent talk on Sloane Bella's YouTube channel discusses those concepts and also related topics such as illusion simulation on the lower dimensional platform, which touches on consciously jumping timelines. And just a heads up, that channel is just for adults due to strong language and Real talk in adverted commas, so shedding light on some extremely disturbing, very dark shadow topics happening in our world today, especially rampant in the entertainment industry. The next point Vali made, and she did touch on it in our chat earlier, was portals. So energy forms, possibly even Sasquatch or other beings, can guard portals and even energy nudge people out of the area for their protection. And we've all heard about people feeling that terrible dread-like feeling of needing to get out of there straight away. Lots of people report an inexplicable feeling of dread. I'm in mortal danger. I need to get out of here now. You can check out Dolores Cannon's book, Convoluted Universe Book 2, There's a chapter called Guardian of the Portal on page 381. Some of the predictive programming hint drops in the movies include Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, where the road 
warps and stretches out supernaturally and the ring wraith enters the scene through a portal where you can see the figure mounted on a horse comes out to the left side of a tree onto the main road where the hobbits are hiding under its roots but there is nothing visible to the right side of the tree on the same side of the road other than the forest background. So it appears to be entering from a portal aligned with the tree. Uh, Another one is the movie Dragonheart, The Sorcerer's Curse, which shows the lead character Gareth learning to teleport from a dragon by jumping from and among tree shadows in a forest setting. Vali mentions that there are also portals that seem to be temporary or intermittent. They can open up and close fairly quickly in remote natural locations or even on urban suburban streets and can bring in things, energy, beings, creatures from anywhere, from the surface of the earth, from inner earth, from the 4D astral realm, from other galaxies, etc., And Vali mentioned this in her chat, but malevolent entities or beings can also grab people through portals, abducting them, especially if they are in the outdoors alone. It's Vali's understanding that if two or more people are walking together, it's near impossible for an abduction to happen because the portal function gets broken. A key time for portals to open seems to be somewhere between 3 and 4 p.m., more or less, according to research by Missing 411's David Polides. Another reason people could be seeing strange cryptids at the moment is that planetary bodies have been entering the Earth's neighbourhood for many years now. There are many names for these planetary bodies – Uh, Vali mentions the Hopi Indians of North America reportedly called them the Red Kachina and the Blue Kachina. Other related names can be the Red Dragon, the Purifier, Planet X, Nibiru, Wormwood Star and Nemesis. Some of the names like Planet X and Nibiru are referring to the crossing where those planets allegedly cross by or intersect with our planet of every many thousands of years. So maybe we're seeing some of the strange beings specifically at this crossing. Maybe it's easier for them to drop off or drop into our dimension or our planet from there during this time. Um, In addition to periodic thinning veil phases, which can happen much sooner or more frequently than intersecting planetary bodies. There is excellent evidence and explanations regarding planetary bodies that are being deliberately veiled in our skies at a YouTube channel called The Final Days. Uh, And you can see the evidence there. Bali mentioned that she's not sending people there for the religious views, but the host analyzes the feed that is typically coming in from aviation cameras from far north and far north American areas and she applies contrast and filters to the images so that you can see the planetary bodies that she's talking about. Dolores Cannon developed the quantum healing and hypnosis technique. She's passed on now but she wrote many books on this subject, really fascinating books Some of Dolores Cannon's QHHT sessions 
The clients spoke of Atlantis and how they could manipulate the form of themselves and others. Another client session brought up that they were an advanced people but morally degenerate elitist beings, perhaps even maybe the gods of antiquity. And they generally experimented on life with no regard to the beings to create part human, part animal creatures for sport. Or they were used to serve the elite as servants and slaves, or they were forced to fight each other to death like the gladiators of old. They referred to centaurs and minotaurs and that they were very sad beings because they were mistreated, they were segregated and harmed. It is said that not only did survivors of Atlantis scatter across the world, but some also went to inner earth or hollow earth. So maybe we're seeing some of those literally resurface. You can check that out for yourself in Dolores Cannon's book, The Convoluted Universe, Book 1, Chapter 6, Atlantis. Vali also mentioned the possibility of teleportation. So species popping up, popping in from anywhere across limitless galaxies just by focusing on a point. A predictive programming note for that is the Stargate idea where ancient technology can help accomplish what a higher dimensional being can do with just thought. There may also be specific energetic lines or grid lines, ley lines on the earth and concentrated energetic points or vortices that perhaps entities, creatures, people can effectively make use of those charged up energy centres. So that's just a few of Vali's notes. If you're really interested in her notes, send me an email and I will email you the notes that she wrote for this. So that's Vali's take on the current situation and why people are seeing strange cryptids and other mysterious phenomena more often. Vali, I know you'll be listening. Thank you for putting together those notes for the Yowie Central listeners and thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. And that's it for this week, folks. Remember, if you've seen a Yowie or had an unusual paranormal experience or alien experience or anything kooky and spooky and you'd like to get it off your chest and share it with the Yowie Central listeners, I'm always taking submissions and I'd really love to hear from you and I won't think you're crazy. So get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group. Yowie Central will be back next Wednesday. If you've been caught up in the floods in New South Wales and Queensland, I'm really feeling for you and sending you lots of love and energy. I'll catch you next week, people. Stay safe. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
be rich, you pretty young thing Better hide the glint of your diamond ring Your fancy jacket won't be worth a dime When you're sucking the blood right out of your spine Hearing cry, hearing howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Fate's so big they're gonna crush your soul Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.